Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, everyone, to a very exciting episode of Screening for Meaning. We're so happy to be back here with you again. And I just want to quickly, before we start, thank everybody for their support on this podcast. Everybody has been so kind and gracious, and they've been so excited about what we've been doing here, and it is humbling, and I'm so happy to bring this show to you every week, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as it'll let me. So thank you again for making this worthwhile every week. I'm very excited to bring this week's episode to you. Talking, of course, about the show that's sweeping the nation. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone is. It already has 50 million views on Netflix. It only came out. It only. It only came out like a month ago. I'm of course talking about the Tinder swindler. It's about a Israeli national, but he's kind of jet setting all over the country. All over Europe, I mean, and he is—he's doing this Ponzi scheme. It's—it's <laughs> very—it's very elaborate. What he does is he basically he will use Tinder to find someone, convince them that he's dating them, build up a relationship with a series of elaborate dates and expensive gifts and things like that. And he really—he does a good job selling that he is in love with them and just is a famous person who's very wealthy and wants to have someone to spend his life with. That's his shtick. But little does the person know that he's, that he's saying this to, he has another girl that he (laughs) a month earlier had said the same thing to, and he's asking her for loans to pay for the dates and expensive gifts of a girl he's talking to now. So what he does is he just has this cycle of this Ponzi scheme. And the, the last girlfriend is paying for the dates of his next girlfriend, in quotes. And he uses Tinder for all of this. So that he, for he is the Tinder swindler. It's a documentary movie. Not necessarily as a plot or anything like that, but still very interesting and I think definitely worth the watch, even if you're not really into those sort of films, even if you're more of a fiction type person. I think you'll really enjoy this. It's very short, um, but I think totally has a lot of interesting cultural implications, things I want to talk about with you today. That's why I was so excited. So this film was directed by Felicity Morris and it's been doing great, like I said, so far. And the, the man, his name is uh, Simon Leviev. And in the, in the movie, he claims he is the son of a diamond mogul. And he's of course not, he just has this scheme where he keeps living this lavish lifestyle and convincing these women to give him these ridiculous loans and you know as the movie is going on you'll they're kind of talking you through the experience that these women had with this guy and it's kind of it's actually in its way a very sad movie because they are they keep falling for it he has he the movie only talks about three of his victims but it's implied there are many more and he'll get in a relationship with them they he tells them he loves them he and, and then he uses them for their, for their, uses their finances 
to get another victim. And he just keeps doing this. And it's very, it's very hard at some points to watch because you can see how distraught these women are. This thing has happened to them and they're now hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt financing this man's lifestyle who they thought loved them, but is actually the whole time just using them to get another victim to continue to live this lavish lifestyle. And so culturally, there's so many ways I could have taken this podcast today, but I think what I really want to talk about is dating culture in not only America, but the West, because this movie happens in Europe, but I think it's also very applicable to how we live here in America. And the movie t- obviously uses Tinder. That's how Simon Leviev uses and finds these women through Tinder and they're swiping and they see this attractive looking guy. And he obviously in his Tinder pictures, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the app, but you can, you can put a series of pictures on and then someone who might be interested in dating you either swipe right or swipe left, depending on if they find you attractive, they want to, you know, maybe message you on the app and then hopefully meet up for a date in real life. That's how the app's supposed to work. But of course, the movie shows you can use it for very nefarious reasons and it's not a good thing and luckily an update he doesn't tell you this in the movie but he has been kicked off tinder so he's no longer doing this which is very good for everybody involved but i think when we're thinking about dating culture and love broadly finding love broadly in the west i don't think this movie paints a very positive picture of how things are going the subjects are of the of the movie are very you know they're they're they are older a little bit than maybe the average person in the dating market they are usually you know later 30s or early 40s but by no means unattractive women by no means people who don't look like they could find a date or someone interested in pursuing a serious relationship with them they don't look like a person who you think maybe we all have an image in our mind of a person who uses dating apps or uh, you know, wants to is is very is very out there on the dating market and using all these things and tools and things like that, and they don't look like that. They look like someone who could be very easily go to any place they wanted to or any group and find someone who maybe would want to go on a date with him. I think I was very surprised by these people. They're 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 obviously working hard and very you know far in their career. They're very impressive, and yet they were using this app, and yet they fell for this scheme by this you know, slimy guy. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to victim shame here or anything like that. But to me, when I was watching the film, these women, they're, they're so wrapped up in this relationship they found via Tinder. And, and he is, you know, he's very rich and powerful and, and handsome. And he's, he's, you know, giving them all these gifts and things. And so they're enthralled in this world, but it, you know, it kind of felt as though, they were they were desperate to you know make this thing work and they really wanted to make this tinder match like the real deal and they were willing to and that's what the movie talks about is give these ridiculous sums of money loan them to this person who they had met sometimes only a month earlier we're talking $10,000 $20,000 on a moment's notice without explanation just i need the money now my enemies are after me what what simon levi would say to these people and it was so frustrating to see them continue to fall for this trick, and I you you can't help but empathize with them because they wanted they wanted the relationship to work, but it obviously wasn't, and they just kept falling for it. And so I think in the West and in America, I think we do have a generation of people who are struggling with to find a serious relationship and one that's respectful and one that's you know honors both of them and is healthy 
to both people involved. I think there's a lack of those. And so they're going to these apps and maybe they find this person and this month has been great that they've met him. And, you know, they're like, I don't want to go back to the app. I don't want to go back on this swiping journey. I found someone who I'm really interested in. And so maybe I will give him $10,000 loan because he says he loves me, so he must. And so, and, and, and I, th- I think they're using these people in the movie to talk about broader how things are going. And I don't think they're going good. And I think it also, I, I, I think, are, are dating apps a part of this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they are helping it or hurting it. I'm not sure. Obviously, dating apps were not always around. It's a very recent invention. Perhaps I think the earliest one that I can remember seeing a service for is Match.com, and uh, and there was this corny commercial for it I, with this dumb jingle. But <laughs> that's a side note. But I, but I, I think they they've, they've kind of become the way. And if you look at statistics, this proves it out. Become the way that young people, especially, find relationships or partners. And. Uh, I think it bears repeating that th- like these are not, and the film does a good job of showing this, by the way, that these are not, you know, perfect, and you're not going to just find someone who's who matches you, even though you put in all your little stats in there and what your interests are, and you know, maybe put a cute joke in your bio on these apps. The they're still people, and because there are people involved on the other side of this thing that you don't know, by the way, you've just seen a picture of them. They will, like any tool, people will take it and use it for a reason and a purpose that it was not designed to use. And so it's a good reminder that there are dangers in dating in general, but also especially using some kind of dating app. You need to, people need to set boundaries for themselves and be realistic about what's happening. And as frustrating as it is, using these dating apps, you can't let that frustration roll over into making a bad decision just because you're lonely does not give you the the ability to make a bad decision and maybe not suffer a consequence and so of course these people were taken advantage of and they deserve justice and i'm going to talk about that in a second because the movie does get into that but i think you need to as someone who is young and maybe on the dating scene and looking for something exciting and maybe sees this app as an opportunity you just need to be careful that what you're getting yourself into and you can't let your maybe loneliness or tiredness with the app or, you know, perceived struggle in the dating market or whatever it may be, cloud your vision. And so it's always good to have a friend who you're talking through this stuff with and, okay, this person is very cool. They might be someone I'm interested in. Hey, why don't you maybe, you know, look, help me look up some things about this person or maybe you could come to the date with me and be in the corner and then be a rescue if I need to get out of there. You know, there's all kinds of good advice that can come from this movie, but I think, I think it needs to be applied because obviously the people in this film did not do that and they uh, paid the price. So very unfortunate. Um, but now I think I want to talk about the journalism and justice angle the film kind of gets at. So... And I don't want to spoil this too much, and I think I already have probably, but the the movie kind of ends in a very unresolved way. You don't, this guy has swindled these poor people out of hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars, lined his pockets, lied and lied again, and without remorse, and he's jetsing across the European continent, spending ridiculous tons of money, spending 
money in the most expensive clubs and restaurants and eating tea at the very expensive hotel and all this other thing. Like it's just it's just absolutely absurd how much money he's spending in such a very short period of time, right? And the you can see the frustration with people who he's borrowing this money from. You know, what the heck? I just gave you $10,000 last week. How do you spend all that already? How do you need more? But he does because he literally spends it, buys it on cars, spends it on cars, watches, all those things. And so the cops in the movie, they he gets reported to the police like three times in the movie, and the cops are not involved at all. They, they know he exists. They bring him up when in the interview when the person's saying, I can't pay off these debts, and they're like, well, well who's, your, who's your boyfriend? And then they say, oh, we know about him. They know who he is, but they, they haven't been able to find him yet. Well, they haven't been able to track him down. And the only people who are able to do that are these journalists that the movie highlights, and I think justifiably so, because they're the only ones who seem <laughs> remotely interested in actually finding this person. And so it talks about their kind of story and how they found these women who were involved in the situation and one came forward and then of course usually how it goes is another one comes forward also and so they kind of get the ball rolling a little bit on this swindler and they do you know they do the real work they go to Israel to his house that he is listed at and they use one of his uh, his girlfriends in quotes to get to trap him in a situation and try to question him and you know, they really are doing the real work that it requires to find someone who's sophisticated um, doing these type of crimes like this. And I think the film is an indictment of the police system, certainly in Europe, but probably in the West, too. Everybody has had a situation or has heard about a situation, at least, where they were unsatisfied maybe with how quickly police were responding to a situation. And obviously, it's not the regular uniform officer's fault, but there are a lot of systematic problems. I think everybody can bet that within the within police policing in the West. And so I think the film does a great job of highlighting someone who's saying, okay, you know, we might not be able to get a lot of help. We can take this and we can, you know, pursue justice on our own. And I think that's worthy of recognition. And they do a great job of it. And, you know, like I said, they got this dude off because of their work. They got this dude off Tinder, which is, of course, a net positive for everybody involved. These types of people who are willing to use the tools that society does in a way that's not appropriate and actually the inversion of what they're supposed to be deserve to be locked up. He only gets put away for 13 months in the Israeli prison. It's so unsatisfying at the end. So I, I just I think that is very a unique stance the movie takes about journalism. And I think, you know, I, I don't think there is a other organization broadly that is anything like that. I think people don't realize, but the press is supposed to be this dr justice-driven, truth-seeking organization. I think, of course, everybody has a complaint about the media in modern culture. Everybody has a complaint about, oh, the bias. Oh, they are totally rigging it, and I'm just going to watch my program on my channel. And honestly, a lot of these complaints are justified. There are a lot of people who in the media and journalism broadly, who abuse their power. They have great power. They're supposed to hold power to account. And in this scenario, Simon Leviev has a lot of power over these people. He's used their struggle on the dating scene to enrich himself 
and to, and and using their money to set someone else up to be hurt. This this should be the most easy and important thing the police would want to do. I mean, especially if it keeps happening to the point where you know who this person is, you got to go get him. But they don't. And so the journalists have a step in and I think it's a reminder like I was getting at of the power of journalism and an encouragement for other journalists to do this type of thing. You have to be out there. You have to be talking to people. You have to be making calls, building sources, getting in the nitty gritty, interviewing with the police if you can, but also doing your own work and own research. That's the power of it. And you have to be doing these things or else you're not really a journalist. If you are not working tirelessly every day to simply expose the truth and get what is valuable for people to know about or stop those who are abusing their power from hurting other people, if you're not doing that, on a very regular basis, you don't get to have your journalism card. You don't get to have that. And so I was so impressed with the way the movie was able to kind of put a spotlight on these people and I think show people who maybe who have lost. I think maybe there's probably a generation who in this very split and divided media environment, they probably don't know what a real a true journalist looks like. It's probably hard for a lot of people to think of a journalist who you may not maybe agree with, but just know, okay, they're a straight shooter. All right, they're gonna they're gonna do we're gonna work really hard, and I'm not gonna agree with it sometimes, but they're gonna come out and they're gonna say something that is truthful, and I trust them. And that's a bad thing. We should be able to we should be able to do that. And we do have a lot of division in this country and in the West in general, but we we have to find a way to bring that back because. It is sorely lacking. And that's why when you see something like this film, it jumps off the screen. Oh, that's how that's supposed to work. Okay, I get it now. Oh, and so this is kind of neat. What is this thing? Can I can we explore that? Where can I find one of these journalists in my country? Because it seems like we're kind of lacking, by the way. So that was kind of my frustration in the film, and I was uh, very pleased that they did catch him. But they didn't put him away, and you know, since the movie has come out, they've had some interviews with him, and of course, of course, Simon Leviev, he denies all the allegations. There, he was set up and swindled, and you know, you never, you never know. Some of these, sometimes these movies are these documentary expose type little films are designed to purposely misrepresent the facts. So I don't want to totally discredit what he's saying, but it seemed like it was very cut and dry, and all the text evidence that they showed in the movie. Seem pretty okay. You know this guy. This this what this guy's doing is is a not okay and very manipulative and should be someone who's worthy of a much bigger sentence than just thirteen months. So, I want to thank you so much again for being here with us today. I really enjoyed covering this movie, and I'm so happy to have a place to talk about this type of thing. If you're interested in learning more about the show or keeping up with us on social media. We have uh, started some Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, on Twitter, we are SFM Movie Pod, at SFM Movie Pod. And on Instagram, we are just screening for meaning. So, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to keep doing this, and we're going to keep doing it as long as it gives us a platform. Uh, please join us next week, and we, uh, I can't wait to talk to you again.